Hi, I'm Tiki Barber, co-founder of Thusio. Thanks for listening to the Thusio Live and Unfiltered podcast. We're bringing our past events back to life for you to enjoy. Former USC Trojan Reggie Bush had one of the most storied careers in college football history, winning two national championships and a Heisman Trophy that was subsequently vacated. Bush, a member of the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame, helped the team win the franchise's only Super Bowl in 2010. He was also an all-pro punt returner in 2008. He joined Thuzio in January of 2018 to recount his transition to the NFL after reaching college football superstardom at USC, as well as what it was like to get drafted by the New Orleans Saints just six months after Hurricane Katrina. Enjoy the interview. You know, Reggie, talk about the playbook, because obviously there's a big step when you come out of USC and you were the guy. Tell, tell everyone that playbook of how and what it feels like with all the pressure to be coming into that draft as a Heisman yeah. Trophy winner, et cetera. <clears throat> um, it was a lot of pressure. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I did as good of a job as you can possibly do with it, with all the pressure mounting. I think my situation was extremely unique because I got drafted to New Orleans, uh, which was six months after Hurricane Katrina. Um, so... Uh, you know, going into the situation like that where uh, the whole city was devastated uh, and just about everybody within the U.S. was affected somehow, some way by, by that tragedy. And, and um, i never forget, you know, when I got drafted, uh, you know, I flew down there and uh, they took me on a, um, a tour of the city and to see the Ninth Ward and all the devastation that happened. And, and there was still, uh, you could see the, the uh, line from the level of how high the water uh, went up to uh, some houses. Um, there were spray paint of uh, the numbers of bodies that was found in the houses, um, and it was it was pretty much a, a ghost town, you know. So for me, going into that situation, um, you know, I don't know if that ever happened again. Um, let's hope it doesn't. But uh, it was a lot of pressure going into a city um, of that had suffered something like that, and then also going into a team that hadn't won in a long time. Um, you know, there was a lot of pressure, you know, to go in and win right away. And thankfully, um, you know, I had guys like Drew Brees, um, you know, Coach Payton, um, you know, had some veteran guys who had been in the league for a while, Deuce McAllister, Joe Horn, uh, guys that I looked up to. And, and it really helped me uh, to transition, you know, into the NFL, into life in the NFL, which is you know, a whole other story. So um, it was tough. There was a lot of pressure. And um, but the city, man, the city welcomed me with open arms. I, I'll never forget the very first restaurant I went to was uh, you guys know who Emerald Lagasse is. Uh, he's one. He's a great chef. Uh, one of my good friends to this day. And I didn't know who he was. Um, it was I had never really been in the South. So <laughs> this was uh, my first introduction into the South. You know, seeing all this, you know, I was blown away. I just I didn't I didn't know what to do and or really how to, you know, how to react, you know, because I was filled with, you know, tons of different emotions. I was excited. I was nervous. I was scared. Um, you know, I was confused a little bit as to, you know, how we were going to even play football, you know, in the city. Uh, so I remember going back to the story, walking into Chef Rimmel's restaurant, and um, the whole restaurant stood up and applauded. And so for me, that very first introduction in, into New Orleans uh, really kind of put, I think, put me at ease, uh, put my emotions, you know, kind of at ease and really uh, helped me to, uh, you know, to just be motivated on a daily basis to go out there and to hopefully at some point bring a Super Bowl, which is what we did in 2009. 
Yeah, that was awesome. And, yeah. you know, I, I teach people, everyone should have three mentors at all time in their lives. Yeah. And you've been surrounded by, you, you mentioned some in New Orleans, but yeah. before you were drafted, I remember, you know, I was good friends with LT. Mm-hmm. And LT yeah. took you out for a workout. He did. <laughs> and at that time, you were I was young like, and a little arrogant I was with your athletic in, skills. I was going into my uh, junior year oh, no. uh, in college. I, was just, I just finished my sophomore year. I was going to be a junior. And um, so, not to cut you off, Go sorry. Ahead. But uh, so I grew up in San Diego, and born and raised, and I, I got tons of awards every year. Um, so... Uh, Ladanian was always one of the honorary um, athletes that would show up to these, um, you know, high school events, which, you know, at the time, you know, I, I was just excited to be able to meet Ladanian. I grew up there. Um, you know, I was huge fans of, of guys like him, Junior Seau, you know, watching those guys. But um, so he would always show up. He was always an honorary, um, you know, athlete, celebrity athlete to come hand out the awards. And he would always show up every year, every time he would show up, you know. And so that, for me, that spoke volumes because he didn't have to be there. He didn't have to donate his time. I'm sure he was extremely busy. Um, and and uh, so for him to be there, it really meant a lot to me. So I actually got a chance to meet him when I was you know, a freshman, sophomore in high, in high school. So yeah. I had known him for a long time. And then the famous workout he's talking about is <laughs> he basically just kicked my ass. <laughs> um, you know, I, I thought I was in good shape. You know, yeah. I thought I was ready. And, you know, he showed me something that I had never seen before. You know, he took it to another level. Um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, he's on. The <laughs> so there was two treadmills next to each other. And this was the end of the workout. I was already dead tired. I was already, you know, just about ready to die. And uh, he's on the treadmill, you know, running full speed. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, I can barely keep up. And, um, you know, so for me, just to see the work ethic of, of a, you know, of one of the great ones of uh, Ladainian Thompson, uh, that really put things in perspective for me and and helped me to go on to the next year and to uh, you know be able to win the Heisman. So. Yeah, it's one of his favorite stories. Yeah, and I, also I, I threw up. I threw up in that workout. Yeah, you threw up <laughs> <laughs> after dinner. Uh, and, and now Junior uh, was also close to both of us. Yeah. And the Seau Foundation had a great influence on you, and Junior yeah. did as well. And you're just yeah. lucky, unlike me. I played against Junior, so mm-hmm. you you were lucky not to. Although you might yeah, have been faster I, than I, he I was. I played against him one year when he was in New England, but. I don't, he didn't really play though. He was over there, but I like to tell people I played against him, but well, I didn't really. Well, play I was him. in high school, so you know it's a little different. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you know, growing up in San Diego, Alex Smith was your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You guys were incredible. Yeah. And you know, another guy that I recruited, and then Matt Leinart, obviously Castle. You played with all of them. Yeah. You know, out of those three guys, who did you think would end up still playing, and yeah. why? Well, I thought Matt Liner would be the one to, you know, be playing the longest uh, just because, you know, I played with him in the college level. Um, you know, I know what he was capable of doing. Uh, and I knew he had everything, you know, needed to be a leader, to be a great competitor, uh, to be a great quarterback uh, in the NFL. And, and, you know, obviously it didn't work out that way. And I was a little surprised. I'm still shocked to this day. Uh, and, you know, Matt Castle, who's who was a backup for us, uh, you know, my whole career in college, I never saw him step foot on the field. Is still in the NFL to this day, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, but you know, it just goes to show you, man. Just God always. I, I truly believe there's things that just happen uh, because God because God has a plan. You know, for everybody uh, in this room. And and for example, um, you know, I truly believe that 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 team that was put together in New Orleans was. Uh, 
that was meant to be. That was truly meant to happen. It was meant to be, and that was a work of God, and that was completely, you know, because I was actually supposed to go to the Houston Texans that year, and uh, they ended up passing up on me and going and uh, picking Mario Williams, but uh, it was everybody, every NFL team was so sold that I was going to Houston that I, nobody else interviewed me. No other team interviewed me. The only team that interviewed me was Houston. They were the only team that brought me in uh, to the facility to take a tour of the city. I started looking for homes, and then, you know, that happened. So, and if that would have never happened, um, you know, we might be talking about a different story here, which, you know, I, I don't know how that would have gone. So. Yeah, I think, you know, that faith that you have yeah. and gratitude that you have, not everything works out for everyone. You know, yeah. one of the things I learned as a sports agent, there's a lot of different variables involved. Yeah. And the one thing that... I believe in is consistent, persistent mm -hmm. pursuit of your potential. And Lee and I, when we were talking about you, you obviously had all these challenges. I, I personally think sometimes it's the lessons that you're supposed to learn. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, we could see I in agree. baseball, football, certain guys get pointed out. Yeah. And I'll tell you as an agent, you know, your difficult times in college were nothing more than I saw all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And sometimes yeah. it's just easier to pick on the best guy of course. to send a message. Yeah. Right. And, uh -huh. the, and the government does it with taxes. Right. <laughs> They'll pick on the most Good prominent Lord. guy and say, oh, this guy, insider trading. Why? Because if they can put that in the news, yeah. it'll stop everything. Well, yeah. what we liked about you is the resiliency of you know, that gratitude, even though what other people would call bad luck, yeah. you turned it around again and again and yeah. again. And, you know, to this day, there's certain guys that I think, you know, your statue mm -hmm. should easily be at USC. I'm <laughs> not getting on a, on a pulpit, but, I mean, it's yeah. just ridiculous to see O.J. Simpson's jersey in the end zone and not Reggie Bush's statue at USC. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank and <laughs> especially for what, what situation occurred. Yeah. At that age, though, you're 21 years old, mm -hmm. and you have parents, you have Orny, you mm -hmm. have all these guys around you, you know, how did you handle that? And, and still to this day, yeah. you, you have bitter feelings about yeah. it. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, I feel like there's a learning experience in everything that goes on, you know, in our lives, um, you know, especially for me anyways. You know, I can't speak for everybody else, but I know for me, a lot of things that happened in my life, um, you know, I truly believe that they have helped make me stronger um, to this day for whatever it is that's going to come down the road uh, to be able to handle. So. Um, going back to, you know, a lot of things that happened early on, um, you know, at, at, the, at the college level. Uh, there were things that happened to me at the high school level, uh, in the, at the NFL level. Uh, all that, you know, and I can sit here and tell you stories all day, you know, about how, you know, um, you know I was things that happened at USC with the Heisman Trophy or whether it was a, a friend that stole money from me or, you know, it was an agent or anything. There's so many different stories that I, that I could talk to you about, and I, I feel like, um, you know, it's cliche, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? And, and, and it helps you to um, be able to um, uh, prepare for whatever it is that's to come because we, we never know, uh, you know, what's going to happen to us, you know, today, tomorrow. Um, nothing is promised, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, but, you know, I truly believe that, um, you know, I'm still here for a reason. Right on. <laughs> and, I, and I believe that as well. Was there ever a time throughout all the challenges that you faced yeah. that you've said, you know what, it's not worth it, I want to quit? Like football? Yeah. No. That's awesome. <laughs> no, no yeah. I, I've never wanted to, uh, I've never had, you know, there, there was one experience that happened, uh, you know, so when I, going back to when I got drafted uh, and, you know, again, like I said, I'd never been in the South before, so, 
uh, or let alone lived there. You know, maybe visited, but it was quick in and out. So I, uh, when I got drafted to New Orleans, we had a training camp in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And in July, Jackson, Mississippi is like, to me, it was as close as you can get to, to hell. Like, it's hot. <laughs> Still hot, is. Like, the hottest you can possibly imagine is hot. And humid. And humid. And it's not San Diego anymore, no, Dorothy. No, yeah. no, no. You're not on the West Coast anymore. So, you know, we had training camp there. And this was before the, the, uh, the new CBA agreement, which is coaches could still have two-a-day practices and full pads. Um, they basically try to run you into the ground till you cried uncle. Um, and, you know, for me, that experience, having to go through that practice twice a day, um, your body is just completely just <laughs> depleted, no, I mean, nothing left. And so for me, there was one time where, you know, I really contemplated, like, I don't know if football is really for me because that training camp was, it, it, it killed me. But I stayed in it. Um, I was able to bounce back. And it definitely made me stronger, you know, for the years to come in, in the NFL. And now, um, you know, the young guys coming into the league, they don't know what it's like to go through two of days anymore. So, um, you know, they the got day, it easy You're the now, old man. guy. It's yeah, like, it's such crazy. A young guy. Yeah, now it's you're crazy. the old guy. I don't like I to say playing. it, but yeah, it's crazy. Now I'm one of the old guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. You know, my business partner is Warren Moon. And yeah. if you could hear him talk about the rule changes. Oh, my God. What he used to. They had three days. It's, yeah. Right? I, mean, I only had those once, three yeah. days. And I never, ever want to experience that ever again. But, um, but yeah, that was three days are crazy. Like, two a day, three days is like suicide. Two days is like, okay, we're going to kick your ass, but you still be able to live through it. Like three days, you're not living through that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, f- football's a brutal game. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of concern about health issues of playing. Right? Yeah. I played college football, not to the extent that you did. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of friends in the Hall of Fame that don't let their kids play yeah. Pop Warner, even high school football. Yeah. For you, is it a concern of yours to let your children or would you let your children play tackle? It's definitely football? a concern for me because I know what I went through. Um, I know how rough the game was on my body. Um, you know, I know you know all the different hits that I took, um, I, whether it was to the head, to the knees, to the to the chest, shoulders, back, kidneys, whatever it is. Um, you know, those those hits for one they hurt like hell, but for two is um, you just never know what are going to be the, 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 the effects, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. Um, you know, so I've, I've torn my PCL, my left knee. Uh, I've torn my medial meniscus. I've torn um, my, my uh, LCL. Uh, I have microfracture. Uh, um, what else? I've broken my right leg, broken my wrist. I mean, you name it, I've been through it. I, have con- I don't know how many concussions. <laughs> Without, would, but, you, uh, would you do it again if you had it? Knowing what you know now, I would 100% do it again. That's what I like I would. to hear. Um, because I just I was so passionate about the game. I loved it too much, um, you know. And you know, listen, the, I, at the Pop Warner level, at the high school level, you know, we're still, you know, hitting full speed, and you know, so you know, um, early on, you know, what the game is about. You know, you learn really quick. Whether you watch it on TV or you're a fan of it or whether you whether you've played it, but you know early on what the game is about, you know. So for me, um, I loved everything about it. You know, I loved everything about the, the hits, the the celebrations, the touchdowns. You know, the the you know getting the crowd fired up, running out with my teammates, uh, the week of practice leading up to games with my teammates, the preparation, everything that goes into it uh, from a mental and physical standpoint. I loved it. You know, so I would I would do it again. 
but I wouldn't be pushing my kids, my, my kids to, to, to play it. Um, I, you know, I, I want my kids to, they all have to golf for sure. Yes. Yeah. Let's, Here's a non-negotiable. They got to golf in my house. <laughs> in eSports? Yeah. Would you encourage them to be an eSports champ? Yeah, you know, eSports is taking off, man. And it I'm is. actually starting my own company focused in eSports, which we can get to later on. But, but yeah, eSports is really growing. It's taking off. And, and um, you know, I love it, you know, because I, I love video games. I've played them my whole life growing up, you know. So, um, but I'll, listen, whatever my kids want to do, I'll be able to support them. Um, you know, I just won't be pushing them towards towards football. And if they end up wanting to do it, then you know, I'll make sure that they know everything about this game that comes along with it. You know, it's a grown man's sport. Absolutely. Period. Uh, which I was telling the young guy back there. I don't know where he is, but um, you know, it's the thing that you know I've learned and I've been able to see uh, the thing that separates the great ones from the guys who were in and out of the league. You know, two three years is is uh, its work ethic. Um, and it's that relentless pursuit to be great. Um, and, and those are the things that um, it's, it, it, when you show up the first year, right, and you're a rookie, you're all excited to be in the NFL, you know, it's, you, you can't wait to get to work. You know, but it's when you get to year four, five, six, when you're kind of setting in and it's like, damn, like I'm, I got to go to training camp, I got to, you know, go to practice, you know, after I've just went through, a, you know, a full game of, you know, getting beat up in, in car accidents, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so that's, that's the thing that makes guys great. Guys like Drew Brees, guys that I've had a chance to play with and, and see the work ethic day in and day out. I mean, this guy would show up um, 5.30 in the morning, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. Coaches weren't even in there yet, you know. And I would, I would purposely try to show up early as possible to see if I could beat him into the facility. And he was always already in there watching film. You know what I mean? I would walk past uh, the doors and go change in the locker room, and he's already in there watching film. So that's the thing that, you know, obviously we, we see Drew. You see how great he is, you know, on Sundays. But the things that we don't see that people don't see is, um, you know, how hard he works, you know, and how much of a competitor that he is or, you know, how you know, great of a person he is off the field, you know. Uh, so that's the things that, you know, you kind of lose because, you know, you know, people only see us on Sundays, right? And, uh, you know, you don't know that, you know, X, Y, and Z, the other things that fall in, in between that uh, that's led up to him to be able to lead his team to the fourth quarter, you know, to be put in position to win the game in the playoffs, even though we lost. You know, I don't want to talk about that game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, oh, my God. You know, it, I'm, still hurting. I'm still hurting from that game. Yeah, that was well, rough. Speaking of which, what, what, what is your favorite moment? In playing football, your favorite favorite game, favorite um, moment. I'd say had. my favorite moment is being able to just host up that Super Bowl trophy. Uh, you know, knowing that it took us four years to get there. You know, so my first year, uh, we had a lot of success. My rookie year, 2006, uh, we went 10 and six. Had the second seed going into the playoffs, all the way up into the NFC Championship game against Chicago Bears, and we lost. Uh, so for me, up until that point, I just assume, oh, this is always going to be like this. Right. Like, we're just always going to win. We're always going to be successful. Uh, and those next two years, I think we went seven and nine and eight and eight, and that was a reality check because before that, I really hadn't lost. I had been successful all throughout college, little high league, school. <laughs> high school, up until my rookie year. You know, so I just assumed this is how it was going to be. You know, wherever I was at, it didn't matter. So. You know, I was humbled those next two years, and that's what football will do to you. It'll humble you really quick. Um, you know, so 
being able to host up that Super Bowl trophy and knowing uh, what it meant for the city of New Orleans, for the people, for um, you know, everything that they went through from Hurricane Katrina uh, to losing businesses, homes, family members, um, you know, it, it, was, it was such a special moment that you know, I don't know if, you know, if it'll ever be uh, done again you know, by any team ever. So we were just very uh, honored to be able to bring that trophy home. Um, I'll never forget you know, just arriving back in New Orleans, the fans, uh, you know, seeing Bourbon Street, literally just a sea of people uh, for our Super Bowl parade. Um, you know, that's something that's, that's special because, it, you know, it, we were the first team of, of the organization to win a Super Bowl. So, and a lot of history with that Super Bowl for us. Yeah, and Mr. Benson gave every single employee a Super yeah. Bowl ring. Yeah, that, was, that was cool too, man. Really that was special. really cool. Yeah, Mr. Benson is a great owner. Um, you know, got, to spend, got a chance to spend a lot of time with him and his wife and his family, and, and uh, they're really good people. Excellent. Now, turn it around. What's your least favorite moment in a game? Yeah. Or what's your worst game that you played? Share that um, with us. Jeez. Uh, I've had a few bad games where, where it was few. just like – you know, uh, the things that will really irritate me or really have me just in a bad mood for a week or for a couple of weeks was if I fumbled a football, um, you know, if I did something that I felt like, you know, affected the team negatively, uh, you know, during a game, which was dropping a pass or missing a block or, you know, just little stuff like that. Um, so uh, I would say my least favorite moment, um, you know, there's been a couple, uh, was probably um, – I would say it was probably the 2010. Uh, we had the number three seed going into the playoffs. Uh, we were 12 and three, I think, or 12 and four, something like that. And we had to play against the Seattle Seahawks, um, and they were seven and nine that year. And I don't know if you guys remember, that was the, the beast mode game where he broke that run and broke like seemed like a hundred yeah. tackles. <laughs> like he's still running right now. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know that was. You know, I think because everything leading up to the game, we assume, and we, this is going into being humbled, um, we, we felt like they had no business being in the playoffs. They were 7-9. Their division was extremely weak that year. And we were like, these guys have no business being here. We're going to come in here and just slap them. Like, we're just going to beat the brakes off them. And, um, you know, we, we got humbled really quick. From the start of that game to the end, they beat us in every phase. You know, so that was probably one of my least favorite moments to, to uh, think about. Speaking of least favorite moments, what advice would you give Marcus Williams after that yeah. game? Yeah. Marcus Williams is the guy who missed the tackle at the end of the Saints game. I'm sure you guys yeah. – he's going to be famous for that for a long time yeah. now. But he's so. a great – but he turned around the defense. Yeah. He's 21 years old. Yeah. You know, all of that's thrown away because he put his head down one, on one tackle. One play. And got unlucky too. One play. Right? He got unlucky. Yeah. yeah. But what advice would you give him – yeah. Because he's under a lot of pressure well, right now. Stay off social media for sure. Like, just don't even go on social media. <laughs> don't press that, right? <laughs> don't go on social media for a while. Uh, but, you know, listen, he, I saw his interviews after the game. He did a great job. He handled it well. I don't know if I've been able to handle it that well as well as he did in that situation, given that situation. Um, you know, this, you dream of moments like that, right? To be able to have the game winning play, you know, since you're a little kid, you know, and to be on the other side of it. Um, you know, I'm sure for him, you know, listen, I don't know him personally. I got a chance to meet him recently. Um, and he's played – actually, he's played great all season long, yeah. which, is, which is crazy. Like he's, he's, really, he's played really well all season. Um, he, actually had, he had an interception in the game as well. Right. Yeah. So, all you season. know, 
I would say for him, man, just to um, just use it as fuel. You know, use it as fuel to come back bigger, stronger, faster, better the next season. Uh, because, listen, it's already over with. You know, I read something. I don't know how true it is, but I know Saints fans, and I know how they are. But it said that, you know, Saints fans, as soon as they landed, everybody was there, um, you know, to cheer them on and applaud them as they landed back in New Orleans. And, and they were all there chanting his name in support. So that kind of stuff is really what um, – It doesn't happen in New York. That, <laughs> definitely not New York or Philly. It ain't happening yeah. over there. <laughs> There's an old saying about San Diego, which I loved. Yeah. Uh, we had a big baseball practice as well. And the guys from New York that got traded, the Padres lost the World Series. Uh -huh. And the guy was amazed. I won't say the player's name. He's like, oh, my God, I lost the World Series in New York. Nobody would look at me, right? <laughs> they would throw batteries at me. He goes, we lost the World Series in San Diego. They threw us a parade. <laughs> Right? There's the difference between cities like difference. San Diego and New Orleans. Yeah. There's now, a difference. Yeah. Another question. Um, you know, we talked about first in and last out. And yeah. I've been blessed to market the Pro Football Hall of Fame, represent Aikman, Moon, Young. Yeah. You know, the quarterbacks that we had go endless yeah. at, at least Steinberg. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the two most talented quarterbacks we had was Jeff George and Ryan Leaf. Mm -hmm. and, and all Aikman, Moon, and Young will tell you, those guys could throw the ball. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. the difference between Hall of Famers are these personality characteristics that yeah. go beyond. There's so many talented guys mm -hmm. in the league that never make it, yep. are out in two years, yep. or out in 10 or 11 years. Yep. But every Hall of Famer has certain characteristics. Yeah. What personality characteristics do you have that made you so – because there's plenty of world-class fast guys, yeah. right? And I've yeah. watched you play football since high school. Yeah. But what makes the difference, you think, personality, or in what advice, characteristic-wise, would yeah. you give to anybody, not just football, but in life? Yeah. Because one of the ones I give is, be the first to show up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how many of those great guys are always the first mm -hmm. to show up? Yeah, I, would, I was just talking to, uh, to my guy back there, and I was telling him that uh, you know, one of the things I learned very, very early at a young age was that um, talent is going to get you in a door, but your character is going to keep you in a room. And, and uh, if you can really understand the meaning behind that, um, you can apply that to everywhere, anything. I don't care if it's football, if it's the business world, tech world, um, you know, whether you're a fireman, police officer, whatever it is, um, that alone, that statement alone has so much power behind it. And, uh, you know, so for me, uh, I was fortunate to be able to be surrounded by great coaches or other, you know, really good players. And so I always wanted to, because um, at a very early age I knew um, I was exceptionally talented. Um, but for me, I think I was such a fan of, of the sport and getting a chance to, to uh, not only be surrounded by you know, good coaches and players, but you know, I really studied the game. I was a student of the game. You know, so I watched guys like Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders, um, you know, Junior Seau, obviously living in San Diego, you know, that whole Chargers team um, that had a lot of success, you know, in the, in the mid-90s. Um, and, and, you know, I was also a 49ers fan, so at that time they are also very good. Yeah. You know, so for me, um, you know, I learned very early at a young age that, you know, listen, I was going to get to the next level uh, no matter what it took to get there. You know, I was going to outwork my opponent. Um, I was going to be relentless in my pursuit to be great. I was going to show up every day. I was going to do the right things, say the right things. Um, now, you know, I, I can't say, sit here and say I was perfect. You know, obviously, I made mistakes, and I, you know, even to this day, I still make mistakes. But 
those failures, those, mis those failures and mistakes have helped me to, to be successful. You know, and I would l actually look and point to those failures and those mistakes more than some of the other things to help me to get to where I was, you know, to the next level. Um, you know, I've, I failed a lot, you know, um, in, in, in football, you know, and, and those are the things that, um, you know, obviously the, the famous quote by Michael Jordan is, um, you know, he's, I don't know how many, however many shots he took, but however many he missed comparing those two. And, right. and, and listen, it, it's true though, it's the, the, the failures um, are, are the reasons why I've been successful. You know, and I can truly, honestly, wholeheartedly say that, um, you, know, that's, you know, that's what's got me here. That's what helped me to be great on the football field. That's what helped me to be successful in the business world. Um, and that's what's helped me to, um, you know, in, in everything. So I try to apply it to everything, you know, everything in life, you know. So, like, for example, right now, I just started an NFL network. Um, so, uh, you know, they've, I haven't signed a contract yet, but. Uh, so you're working for free? No, not working. No, didn't <laughs> I, mean, I say that's that. Not working for free. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I just want to make sure. <laughs> But um, but so I'm I'm working my way up, you know what I mean. Yep. I just I just started there this year, and I've been in there doing the shows, you know, for the last five years. But now it's official. I'm retired, so I'm going into the next phase of life, uh, and which is going to be you know TV broadcasting, you know, analyst stuff. Uh, so for me, is I'm applying those same you know core values that helped me to be successful on the football field in in the uh you know the media you know so um be the first one in there um show up work hard um you know they always ask me to you know can you come in these days these days i'm, I'm basically saying yes to everything you know uh, so you know just showing up and just the, the the relentless uh pursuit to just be great on tv uh and to you know be articulate my thoughts well uh which isn't always easy but um, you know, so I'm applying all those same things, you know, to the business world, to to, to the TV world, all the all that stuff. Yeah, and it does translate over. I know we're gonna yeah. open it up to questions as we end up the playbook from entrepreneur here. You know, you've created great legacy for yourself. Yeah. You know, Appreciate we're all not it. perfect, Thanks. but I, I yeah. you know, what aggravates me most about being an agent is knowing guys like you that. Uh, our service, 11 yeah. years with St. Jude, created his yeah, own yeah. birthday foundation to give homeless kids birthday parties around the country. Yeah. Millions of dollars donated, not just in money, mm -hmm. but in time. And, yeah. you know, I've surrounded myself with people like you that don't say no. Yeah. You know, the fact that you don't need to be here tonight. And, yeah. you know, the things that you do and you help so many other people, you know, that to me is what, yeah. you know, inspires me to do this show, to let yeah. people know, you know what? These guys, it's not easy to be a public figure, especially with social media, and it's real easy to, you know, I always say, and I started doing this about a year ago with Gary Vee, try having a camera following you around every day. Yeah. You know, thank God I have the power of what's edited or not on that camera, <laughs> because my career would be ended. And yeah. I think that any career would be ended yeah. uh, with the type of scope and scale that's on them today. And, you know, you should be applauded for what you do oh, for others that. and recognized for it. And, uh, if everyone could give uh, Reggie a great round of applause. Thank you. Um, I, I, think, um, I think to your point is, you know, one of my favorite um, actors to follow is Denzel Washington. And, you know, one of the things that he said recently, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for new stuff to, you know, new material, whatever it is to, you know, keep me motivated. Uh, one of the things that he said uh, that I truly believe is that, uh, 
you know, we all have our own, we're all talented, we're all artistic in our own way. Um, and when I was telling one of the young guys, where is he, by the way? Because I keep saying young guys. DJ. I don't know his name. Where is he? DJ right okay, here. All right, there you go. <laughs> He's in the DJ. draft this year. Great, um, great DB. But, but uh, it's to, you know, there were times in the NFL where, you know, I would turn on ESPN and I would see Adrian Peterson, you know, running guys over. So I would try to go do that the next week. I would try to go do what he did. I would try to go run guys over. But that wasn't me. That wasn't who I was. Now, I could do it, but it wasn't what got me to this point, you know. So I think there's something to be said for when you decide to be yourself, you bring something into this world that can't be replicated by anybody else because we are all artistic in our own way, shape, or form, and, and nobody can replicate us 100%. So when you decide to be you, you decide to bring something into this world that's completely different than anybody else, than any, anything anybody else has brought into this world. Right and on. I think that's important. So going back to the point I was making about Denzel Washington, one of the things that he said was that um, you know, he's in the service business, in the business of servicing and helping people. And I truly believe that um, you know, that's important because, um, listen, the shoes, the, the money, the, the cars, the house, you can't take it with you, you know, when you go to the next life. You know, it's not coming with you. You know, you're not going to see a, a U-Haul truck, you know, going to a funeral. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's important to remember that because a lot of times we forget that. You know, sometimes I forget it because I remember when I was young, when I first got you know, my check, uh, you know, I wanted a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Or, and I thought that was going to be the thing to, to make me happy. I thought this was, once I got this, okay, I'm good. You know, now this is... Now I don't, you know, I don't need or I'm not going to want for anything else, you know what I mean? But it, it, it was so shallow, you know what I mean? And, and, and obviously that's a part of being young. You know, when you're 21 and you know, 22 years old, you know, you think you know it all and you don't. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, I learned, you know, just, you know, through the years that, you know, none of these materialistic things or none of, this, none of the stuff that, you know, was here today and gone tomorrow is going to truly make me happy. So finding the things that truly make me happy um, helping, giving back. Um, you know, like you said, we, we uh, work with an organization called the Birthday Party Project, and uh, they go around to, they're actually having one tonight. I, obviously, not going because I'm here, but um, so they go around to homeless shelters all around the U.S. and they throw birthday parties for homeless kids. Now, if you think about that, birthday parties, um, you know, for, for kids are some of the biggest moments of their lives. So, be able to, to give them birthday parties is pretty big. Now, another reason I do it is because my mom was raised in a homeless shelter. Um, and she bounced around from different homes, so there's a little bit of a significance to it for me. Uh, and then also with the St. Jude's um, thing that I've, you know, I've been part of St. Jude's, you know, now uh, 12, 13 years now. So um, I just love giving back to kids. You know, I love, I enjoy it because for one, kids are extremely genuine. Um, they literally, they have no filter. They'll ask you anything. <laughs> but um, they're also the future. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I, I don't believe you can have enough uh, leaders and mentors in this world. So I just try to do my part by uh, by making sure I'm doing the things that that, the, that are going to keep me happy, which is helping other people and giving back and uh, being of service. So awesome! That's it. Another round of applause. Thanks for listening to the Thuzio Live and Unfiltered podcast with our guest Reggie Bush. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like information on our live events or our new virtual membership, visit www.thuzio.com. That's T-H-U-Z-I-O.com. And be sure to follow us on social media at Thuzio.